Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 21 of NASCAR Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Val. Jason has the day off. We have a great show for you today. Uh, we're going to talk Darlington race winners, the two cup races, and the Xfinity race. And then um, we have something a little different. We have, I was fortunate enough to be invited to a Q&A with Greg Galding, put on by Panini America. Panini America is, again, sponsoring Greg Galding in the NASCAR series. So we have that. Uh, it's, it's a long interview, but it's really good. Greg talks about collecting, and um, his first race, first cup race was Jeff Gordon's last cup race. And if you know about Jeff Gordon, his first cup race was Richard Petty's last cup race. So that's really cool. Uh, he talks collecting. I didn't realize he was a card collector. So that is pretty awesome. But uh, let's get into Darlington. So NASCAR was back, finally, real racing. No high racing, real racing uh, with three racers in Darlington. Uh, the first cup race, Kevin Harvick was the winner. Uh, that was a really good race. Uh, Kevin Harvick, he got win number 50 for him and pretty much cements him as a uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame, future NASCAR Hall of Famer. So uh, if you don't uh, collect him or uh, you see opportunity to pick up some of his rookies, I would highly recommend it. He is um, uh, – they're very cheap right now, I think under five bucks a piece. Uh, his first cards were in the 1999 Press Pass and in the 1999 Wheels. And the 1999 Press Pass is card number 76, and he has a parallel uh, skid marks. That's where the uh, writing is done on the card with uh, rubber, actually from tires. And then the wheels, uh, number 88, and there's a golden version, number 50, and then a solos version, which I'm not familiar with. But um, So that's uh, Kevin Harvick. Following the cup race, the Kevin Harvick one, was supposed to be the Xfinity race. It was actually ringed out and finished up on that Thursday, I believe. Chase Briscoe won that race. He had a hard-fought race against Kyle Busch there at the end. Chase Briscoe's rookies are in 2018, Panini Certified product, the Prime product, and Victory Lane. In Victory Lane, he just has the Signature Series with black gold and the base. Prime, he has a bunch of memorabilia uh, and scripted signatures. But really, his base card is in the Panini Certified. It's card number 23. It's got multiple parallels, black, blue, gold, green, mirror black, mirror gold, mirror green, mirror purple, orange, purple, and red. Plenty to chase. So that is Chase Briscoe, 2018. And then the final cup race at Darlington last week went to Denny Hamlin. And that was kind of marked with... Um, the the crash with uh, Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott, uh, with Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin buying for uh, on the restart for uh, position one before the rain came out. That's Denny Hamlin's second win, I believe, this season. And we've talked about his cars, but his rookies are in the 2005, and he has numerous uh, 2005 issues with base cars like Optima, Trackside, American Thunder. Uh, he, he hasn't won a championship, but I, I still think that he uh, will get into the NASCAR Hall of Fame if uh, you know if he, if, even if he doesn't win a, a championship. But um, I, the way he's going this year, and the way Joe Gibbs are running um, the last couple of years, he has a really good shot. So, and technically, I guess he should have won last year, 
if they didn't have the issue with uh, putting too much tape on the grill that they had to come back in because of the overheating and have to um, pull that off and lose track position. So, well, I want to transition to the Q&A with uh, Greg Galden. Like I said, uh, it's kind of long, but it gives you an insight to um, the partnership between Panini and Greg Galding. And again, thanks to Jason and Tracy and Panini America. I think it's a great partnership with Gray as a card collector and here that Gray is a, a card collector. He's a super great kid. Uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders and um, take it away. I'll just kick it off. You know, we, we got a couple of other people that will join. I'll tie them in when they, when they pop up. But, you know, this is really an opportunity. We're really excited to uh, get Gray back in a Panini race car uh, starting next Wednesday at Darlington and then again at the Coca-Cola 600. Um, you know, back to racing, back to sport with all this crazy COVID stuff and no sports going on. It should be really exciting uh, the next couple of races here. So uh, I'm going to hand the ball off, uh, let you guys uh, talk to Gray, ask him questions, be fair, yeah, uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah, now first real quick, Jason, uh, thanks for that intro, but uh, I just want to thank all the viewers and all the fans that we're able to join. Obviously, it's a really cool day to kick off. Obviously, what we have working with Panini being the primary sponsor, uh, along with being a driver for Premium Motorsports back in the Cup Series. So, uh, yeah, you guys asked me anything. I mean, that was that was the whole point of this deal, uh, just to kind of connect with you guys. I know, unfortunately, the races are going to be raced without any fans. So we figured, you know, no better way than get some fans on here and we'll just kind of shoot the bull and hang out. And you guys ask me anything you want to ask. Whoever wants to go first. Who we got here? Can I, can I Anthony. Go? Hey, you, hey, any, hey, you guys go ahead. You tell <laughs> me. Yeah. Shoot. Hey, Carrie. Hey, how you? are you? Hey, how's it going? I'm good. Just got done with work. I work over at a hospital at, uh, in Georgia. That oh, nice. Okay. Well, hey, thank you for everything you're doing. Thank I know you. it's a wild time right now. I bet uh, I wouldn't want to trade places with you. I bet, you know, you've been working <laughs> a lot. So we appreciate the support, you know, de definitely in the hospital. Well, so. thank you, too. I'm looking forward to races getting back started also. But, you know, we have Atlanta Motor Speedway down this way. Do they do right. it? I haven't been in a while, though. They do a lot of Xfinity over at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yeah, we uh, actually race there. We race there once a year. Uh, I ran there last year in Xfinity. I think we finished uh, 15th, I believe. And nice. honestly, yeah, Atlanta is probably one of my favorite tracks just because, like, it's similar to Darlington. You know, Darlington, it's, it's very worn out. And Atlanta is sort of the same way. And, you know, the, the track is it's just got a different, like, char characteristic as far as, you know, how you drive it. So it makes it good for the fans, and yeah, I would advise you. I mean, obviously, right now, I'm not sure when we'll get back to Atlanta, but if you could this year, it's a, it puts on a heck of a show because it's it's just such a fun racetrack to drive. So yeah, I would I would definitely. Uh, matter of fact, it was my first Cup race in 2017. I ran the um, Bolt of Honor 500, and talking about a long day, you know, 500 miles at Atlanta is pretty uh, pretty fun. So yeah, I would go check it out. Is your most memorable the Talladega race? 
Yeah, oh, for sure. Last year, uh, I mean, last year was just a, it was a good year as a whole, you know, being able to take a, you know, 25th place car and almost make the playoffs with it in which I knew we, I knew we were going to have a good season because I knew the people I was surrounded around. Bobby Dotter was, uh, he was my team owner last year. I've known him pretty much ever since my uh, NASCAR career started. He's been a big mentor and more like a family friend more than anything. And, and, you know, Going into the season last year, I'll just kind of give you a backstory. Is the main thing we wanted to do? We just I wanted to get my stock value back up because I had a couple tough years of, you know, running for small teams, trying to make a living, you know, grinding it out. But last year, I really had an opportunity to show what my true ability was. Um, so I think that that was probably the coolest part is to finish second at Talladega, and then back it up a couple weeks later at Bristol and finish sixth. So. Um, yeah, we've, we had a heck of a year last year and Panini once again was the reason why I even had the, the, a good enough engine to, you know, almost win the race at Talladega. So I, I would probably put that number one and put Bristol number two, uh, as far as my top memories from last year. Yeah. I saw that interview. You were pretty psyched, but I, I would be too after that race. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not many people get, um, get an opportunity to win a race and you know you never know when you have that opportunity so um yeah thank you like i said thanks for uh, the questions thanks for everyone tuning in and like i said you guys take turns if you need to and and just shoot away and we can just you know like i said just shoot the bull and hang out yeah i was gonna say i was gonna say if we could put everyone on mute except for gray and then when you guys come off of mute i'll be able to see who comes off of mute and they can ask the question that way we're not jumping over people so, um, you know, I, I can I can kind of quarterback that. Shane, why don't we start? Why don't we just go with a question from you, and we'll we'll just go through the list that way. All right, uh, Gray. I was at Martinsville for your debut in 2016 in the Cup Series, and I just I was there for qualifying that evening when you made the race, and I was listening to I guess it was MRN interviewing you after that, and the emotion that you showed after making that race just. Like, you know, take me through what that whole experience was like as an underfunded guy just trying to make your personal up series. Yeah, no, that's a dude, that's an awesome question. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was um the emotion was it was definitely high because that was my first cup race and and going into it there was a lot of um already a lot of emotion even after uh, or even before because my idol growing up was Jeff Gordon. So, you know, I never thought I'd ever take the track with Jeff Gordon in the Cup series. So that year or the year prior, Jeff Gordon had already retired. So I'm like, man, like what, you know, my hero, if I could do anything to race with Jeff and be, you know, door to door with Jeff at some point in my career, that would be so cool. And it's kind of a cool stat, but my first cup race was Jeff Gordon's last race. Yes. And uh, Jeff Gordon's first race was Richard Petty's last race. So kind of a pretty cool stat for me, you know, with two of the biggest idols in racing Richard Petty and Jeff Gordon. Um, so yeah, a lot of emotion, you know, me being a Virginia kid coming from Colonial Heights, Virginia, uh, making my debut at Martinsville. And unfortunately it didn't end the way we wanted. We had a parts failure or something, but I still ran like 350 laps out of the 500. So I learned a lot, you know, with that whole experience, it's just such a different world because I was racing the truck series. I was racing K and N, but when you get to the cup series, especially at the time I was with an underfunded team, it's a different ball game. So it really molded me into the driver I am today to have to really start from the very, very bottom and work my way up. And to now, to, if you look at my resume, I think I have like 
55 starts. I've ran the Coke 600. I've ran the, the, the Brickyard 400, you know, I, the Bristol night race. Like I've, to think that I've come like that feels like yesterday. Number one, that's what blows me away is to think that I've come this far, you know, having that many on my, on my uh, resume is pretty amazing. So like you said, man, the emotion was high and, and, uh, once again, it feels like yesterday. So glad, uh, glad to put that in the rearview mirror because, you know, I was only 18 years old then. I've learned a lot since then. Nick, do you yeah, have that's awesome. Thank you. Oh, sorry. Nick, do you have a question? Um, yeah, can you hear me? <clears throat> yes. Oh, now we can't. You, you're, you just went on on mute. There you go. All right, cool. Um, so my question was, like, last year, yes, probably your most successful season. You were, like, average, like, P16 for the entire year. And then come... Earlier this year, we were waiting, like, where's Fred, where's Fred? You have a ride until this until we find out this week. Uh, you talk about the process of finding another team and how to come together with there and how many races The off-top is all fitty. Uh, I just want to know how many races you're doing this year or which series. Yeah, um, no, that's a good question. Um, you know, once again – Thanks for tuning in. But, uh, I mean, probably the best way to put it is, you know, the la at the end of last year, you know, uh, I the main goal was to you know, get my stock value back up. I wanted to show everybody that I could, I could get the job done. I could go do it. And, you know, Bobby Dotter, Benini, all of our partners from last year were able to make that happen for me because I really gambled on myself. I'm like, I know Bobby Dotter. We have a great relationship. I, and I remember looking at him, and I think it was December of last year, I'm like, Please put me in this ride. I ain't going to let you down. I ain't going to tear your equipment up, but I, I need this. I, I needed last year for my career going forward. And I feel like I gained a lot of people's respect because if you look at my career, I've only had maybe a handful of opportunities and stuff that were decent, you know. And when I did have good stuff, I was only 16. You know, I was racing the truck series with a decent team at the time, NTS. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a good team. I had a good time, but. Yeah, I understand. I was only 16. I had no experience. I had no experience with pit stops, had no experience with pit road speeds, things that I've learned, you know, six years down the road. I think if I got that opportunity like I did last year, I knew I was ready for it. So, you know, it was it was tough going in the wintertime, not really knowing. But that's why me and Jason um, from Panini, we all put our heads together and we, you know, we really looked in different situations like, What's going to be the best opportunity for me to not only, you know, show that I can do it, but also we want to race at the highest level. I felt like I paid my dues and showed that I could get it done last year in Xfinity. And when this opportunity with Jay Robinson and Premium came up, it was kind of a no-brainer for not only myself but Benini. Like when you're racing on Sundays, it's a different ball game. You know, it's it's good for mm -hmm. it's good for TV, it's good for the sponsors, it's good for you know my image. And I think I, I thought after last year that I'm more ready for this opportunity than I ever have been. So that had a lot to do with the opportunity. And now I'm not saying I'm not open to running more Xfinity, more truck. I think more time on the racetrack is always better. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what the goal is, is to, you know, kick some butt in this car, yeah. you know, build on our, on our program here at Premium Motorsports. And then if I get it, you never know, I might get another opportunity uh, with a top team in the future. I know I'll be ready for it. So that that's kind of a lot of the reason why it took a little bit longer for me to announce my plans. 
Um, obviously, I know it's a very weird time we're going through with the COVID-19 and, and everything. Everybody's quarantined. So um, I, I think it was just the right time today to get it out in the open and, and know that, I mean, people are sending me tweets like saying that, oh, great, did you retire? And it's like, <laughs> no, guys, I did not retire. Like, I'm still here. And I still, you know, I want this more than anybody, but it's just a matter of putting all the stars in place to make them all align. And, and luckily now that's happened and we're just going to see what happens. So I appreciate the question. That was, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. And I, and I just, I just want to add to that, Nick, um, we were prepared to make this announcement March 17th going into the TMS race. Um, but obviously yeah. that, that race was suspended and we, uh, we didn't get that chance for Gray to pull up the Panini car to our offices in uh, Irving, Texas. So uh, we'll have to do that at another point at some point when it's all safe to do it. But yeah. Um, next question. Why don't we go with, um, I, I saw Robert Elliott look, look like he put his hand up. Robert, why don't we go with you? <laughs> hey, great. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? Can you talk about last year? I met you at the Xfinity takeover in Philly. Had you ever been to Philly before, and uh, what was your impression of a non-traditional NASCAR city like Philadelphia? I was there. There's a lot of people there. It was a hot day. Yeah, and, uh, yes, it was. Product placement here. I got my Panini card signed right here. Nice. You still got them. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. Talk about your uh, thoughts on Philly, man. please. Yeah, I know. I, um, I love Philly. I think it's a great city. You know, um, when we did that takeover with Xfinity, I think it was really good for the sport. And obviously, you know, we were getting, you know, ready. For, I think it was because of the dash for cash. And was that was one of my coolest moments in, in racing, of, you know, so far in my career. To say I was, you know, one of four drivers to race for 100 grand. That's the most money I've ever raced for in my, in my life. Like, <laughs> to think that I had a one in four chance to win 100 grand, even though, we, we, we didn't end up pulling it off, but we still had a chance, which is really cool. So, yeah, Xfinity doing that in Philadelphia, getting to meet you fans and, and everybody. There was, like, so many people there. I got to see a lot of cool stuff. They put us on that bus um, and gave us a tour of the city. And, and um, it, it's just a, a, lot of, a, lot of, um, a lot of history. And one of my favorite movies is, is Rocky. So to go up on the Rocky Stets and run, and run up. And I had the uh, the Rocky music playing on my phone in the background. And to think that, like, Sylvester Stallone did that, like, was so cool. So, yeah, we did that. And, you know, it's just a good time to, to be able to interact with you fans. And, and like you said, it's a little bit untraditional because, you know, you don't really see Philly as a racing town, obviously. You know, you got the Sixers, you got the Eagles, the Phillies. And, yes, it's a big sports town, but you don't really see it as a NASCAR town. But I had a whole new aspect for that after that trip is like, I mean, we were sitting there signing for like two and a half hours. Like there, I think they had to cut the line off in which I, I hate when that happens because I, I'm the type of guy, it doesn't matter. I'm normally late to, to driver's meetings because <laughs> I hate saying no to anybody. Like, that's just not who I am. I want to sign for every kid, every fan, you know, no matter where I, where I go. But I got a whole new side of Philadelphia when it comes to racing. Cause number one, y'all are very close to, you got Dover, you got Pocono. Um, I'm not sure. I think, what is it? Watkins Glen. Y'all are sort of close to that. So you guys got a decent amount. Yeah. You guys got a decent amount of racetracks around you. So when NASCAR said they were going to do it in Philadelphia, I'm like, I didn't see it as a racing town, but realistically the people were great. I look forward to going back 
to that city in the future. I'd love to go watch a Sixers game. Big NBA fan. Uh, I like Ben Simmons, so uh, hopefully one day I can check them out. Which, I, but also I'm a, I'm a Cowboys fan, so not a big fan of the Eagles. Yeah, but you know, same division. <laughs> but it's all good though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, LD Tawny. Hey Gray. Lisa, what's up? Oh, I'm How's at work. Another hospital employee here at work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on. I know I know you're busy. Oh, uh, yeah. You're That's welcome. Hey, we appreciate it. Hey, listen. I yeah, just I, what, say, hey, what do you got? What do you got for me? Well, I just want to, first I want to shout out and say, you know, you were talking about Jeff Gordon being your role model. And I just want to say that you by far are my daughter's role model. I mean, she just thinks <laughs> you're the best. Um, she dressed up like you for Halloween. She had a yes, she had a NASCAR oh yeah, I love so. And she informed me that it wasn't awesome. just a NASCAR party; it was a Greg Galding NASCAR party. Greg um, Galding. <laughs> and I just want to, yeah, there, awesome. there's a difference. It's not just NASCAR; it's Greg Galding NASCAR. It's Greg Galding party. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I just appreciate how you've come to small towns. I've seen you interact with your fans, and you just you are the kind of person that a parent would want their child to be a role model of. Um, Aww. you you're very um humble and a decent young man and you the way you treat your fans is is astonishing i mean you just you always are there for them um and i'm proud of how i've listened to you over the past few years i'm proud of how much you've grown and and um the way you race you're, you're a good racer and you're you're um um just you're an upstanding citizen of the race community and we're proud of you here um well, no, I appreciate it, Lisa. I, uh, I I'll get, I'll just give everybody a view and uh, backstory. Well, my, I've known Lisa for a couple of years now, and your daughter, obviously Sophie, she's great, and uh, they've been a big supporter, big supporters of mine for the past couple of years. Uh, they're actually from the same hometown as my girlfriend is, and very, it's considered a village in Oak Hill, Oak Hill, Ohio is where it's at. So, uh, I was happy you were, you came on, Lisa. I know you're a big fan, and and uh, I just appreciate everything y'all do, but. You know, back to the role model thing is like that's always been my thing as far as growing up. Like, like I said, Jeff Gordon was my role model. Jimmy Johnson's another role model of mine. Like, growing up, like in in, in any kid's eyes or anybody that follows racing or sports, like you you idolize those people. So when I idolize those guys, I wanted to be just like them. I wanted to, my hair had to be like them. I wanted to wear the same stuff as them. Like, that's. You know that's just what I did so you saying that I'm a good role model that means so much to me and and it, re- it really does because I, I I try every day to, to set you know be, be that role model for the kids that are coming behind me because you know I'm only gonna be 22 once and I'm only gonna be in this business for hopefully the next 20 25 years how, however long that is but I'm just fortunate to have the opportunity to reach out meet young fans you know interact with like with your daughter Sophie I love her to death she's hilarious um, and, and all the stuff we've been able to do together. But it all boils back to, you know, like you said, I feel like I'm very humble because I grew, that's how I grew up. You know I mean? I'm, I'm a small town kid and that's just, that's just who I am. So when I'm able to do that and, and have people like you say that, that just means the world to me. So thank you so much, Lisa. I really appreciate it. And then I want to ask, are you still, you're going to be with Bobby daughter again this year? No, 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 unfortunately not. No, we, me and Bobby, we, uh, I'll just elaborate on a little bit. Me and Bobby, he's like an uncle to me. He's an awesome guy. Um, you know, his race team's great. And, you know, something, sometimes it's, NASCAR's a business. He had to do what was best. And it wasn't for a performance-based deal. You know, it just, 
other things happened and I had this opportunity to come up with premium. Uh, but I'm not saying it can't ever happen again. So uh, we'll just see and we'll uh, we'll start here with premium and kind of see where that goes going forward. So who will your crew member be that will be listening to on the radio? Who will be your crew chief and your spotter? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, that's a good question. I know my crew chief. I'm still waiting to see my who my spotter is going to be. But I know my crew chief. You'll like him. Uh, his name is Mike Hillman uh, Sr. Old man, real old school, super cool guy, you know, just like, you know, just got that grit to him. He works his tail off and uh, you'll, you'll like his lingo he's got. He, he's very straightforward, but I love that in a crew chief. I don't like it sugar-coated. If I'm doing something wrong, he'll tell me. If I think he's doing something wrong, I'll tell him. So I think our relationship's going to gonna be really good. So you'll be definitely hearing his voice a lot this year. Great. Well, we'll be listening. All right. Thanks, Lisa, so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Oh, you're welcome. Why don't we go with um, Why don't we go with Lydia next? Um, that's what it says on the screen. You don't look like a Lydia, but Lydia, and then we'll go to Kyle after that. It's AJ, just so y'all know. Um, oh, AJ, how's it going, man? It's going good. Um, you mentioned Twitter and the pandemic hitting, and one of the things that became a popular trend on Twitter was the digital autograph. You know, Haley Deegan started the trend, then Corey LaJoy jumped on it then a couple other drivers jumped on it and just kind of curious like what's your experience been with the digital autographs have you been asked to do any and if so like what's the most interesting thing you've signed digitally um honestly i think the only thing i did was uh i think it was just a picture um obviously you know it's um it's kind of crazy how you can get autographs and different things you know dealing with the phones and the social media so i think it's a really cool <laughs> thing i mean i've seen some people you know, actually doing like the Panini cards, which is really awesome. So, uh, yeah, technology's really taken, you know, it's going, you know, it's taken off and, and especially right now, since everyone's quarantined and no one can actually, the fans can't go to the track. People can't go to their favorite drivers and get autographs. So I don't, I don't think there's any better way to get an actual autograph because we're technically signing, even though it's not like with a pen or paper, you know, we're actually signing it through the phone. So, um, yeah, I think it's cool, and I, I think it's another wave of, of different things that are evolving every day in social media. So um, I advise all the drivers out there, if they if they get an opportunity to do it, I think it's cool because I think uh, at the end of the day, as, as much as we can you know, provide for you guys, the race fans, because we know that y'all can't come to the track, you can't be there, you can't watch it live, and obviously you can't get your Panini card signed or get an autograph mm -hmm. signed. So the best thing we can do is reach out you know, via social media, Twitter, Instagram, the best we can to connect with you guys until we get back to normal after the pandemic where we can have all of you guys back at the racetrack. For sure. Uh, I'm also a fan in the Charlotte area, so I'm just kind of curious, which which configuration of Charlotte do you prefer better, the oval or the roval? Oh, that's a good question. That's an easy question. I, I prefer the roval. Now, I love the, I love oh, the oval Charlotte. Yeah. yeah. But see, I'm a I'm a big road racer. I love road racing. I ran, you know, Mid Ohio last year, Watkins Glen, and the Roval last year. Even though, like I said, we were a really small team, but we we overachieved a lot of races, and that's probably the number one race I wish I could get back. I was I was running six with two laps to go and got wrecked, and and got spun out, and, and that ruined our day. After running, I ran in the top ten the entire second half of the race, and we were limited on tires, and we still were managing to to, you know, possibly finish in the top 10. So um, I think that's just a cool racetrack. I applaud Marcus Smith, Bruton Smith, that whole SMI staff for switching it up. They're the best when it comes to switching things up. You know, they, um, 
I will never forget when they said, hey, I think we're going to make Charlotte into a road course. I didn't even know how they were going to pull it off. But what's crazy is the Roval turned into, be, turned into being my favorite road course out of all road courses because it takes a lot of finesse. You know, you can – you can really you can really overstep your boundaries if you drive in the corner too hard, especially during the chicane. You can be in the wall in no time. So I like the type of racetracks that you you really have to be perfect every lap. You can't make any mistakes. So um, I, I elaborated on the roval, but when it comes to the the oval, the oval is just as fun. You can move around, you go in the bottom, the middle, the top. Mm-hmm. You know. So um, I, I'm looking forward to the Coke 600 and. And I, I'm pretty sure I'll be running the Roval later in the year once we get all the scheduling figured out. But um, I'm excited to see what I can do in the Cup Series. And, and if there is other opportunities, any more track time on the Roval I can get, the better, because uh, that track's just a blast. Such a good time to run. I can proudly say that I was there for both those Roval races, 2018 and 2019. So I got to see you run top 10. Nice. And, and you got to tell me get spun out, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I did, but you did say you were running good, yeah. so I mean. No, we still had a good. Yeah, no, we were having a good day. It's uh, it's always part of racing, but uh, yeah. Well, hey, we hope to see you at the Roval. I, I, you know, after all this is over, hopefully, and uh, I think we go back in what October or something. So hopefully, we'll see you there again. For sure. Cool, Kyle. Yep. You Thanks, got man. A yeah. Hey, what's up, Gray? Kyle, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm good. Good to see you. Good, hey, good to see that, man. Yeah. How you holding sure. up? Man, things are good. Like about everybody else on here, just trying to do my part, stay home, go to the grocery store, and not do but so much, you know. Um, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, but life's great, man. I got my health, and it's what I can ask for. It's all that matter. Yeah, man. Well, hey, thanks for joining on, dude. It's good to hear from you, dude. Hey, everyone on there. This guy, he's from my neck of the woods in Colonial Heights, Virginia. He's a he's a big fan and big race guy. He uh, what was it? Cold Trickle. He gave me a pretty sweet shirt a couple years ago. Remember the yeah, cool trickle, the uh, days under. I still got. I wear it all the time. Love that shirt, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you uh, do you still do flight school? You know, actually, I kind of I kind of put that on hold. I was a couple years ago. I was really trying to get into it because you know everyone knows that like my favorite movie is Top Gun. So I'm like, since my favorite movie is Top Gun and I love adrenaline and I love all that stuff, I'm like, I might as well try flight school. So. My parents live right next to the airport, so I was like, I might as well, I might as well try it. So I went up in a uh, Cessna 150. A lot of people don't know this, but I was up in the Cessna 150, and you know, my my instructor at the time, his name's Gene. Well, he's like 86 years old, so you know, he he's got a lot of experience. But you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, I don't want anything to happen because I don't know what I'm doing. So he's letting me fly, kind of just free, you know, free fly up top and. All of a sudden, this joke—it's—it's it's funny but not funny. I remember—I remember I told you—I told you this. He—we were flying. He goes, "All right, buddy." He's a super cool, dude. He's like, "Hey, you take it for a spin." So I'm just sitting there flying. You know, everything's good. I'm like, "Man, I'm flying a plane all by myself." He took his hands off the wheel. Well, then I look over. He's playing dead. So and I'm shaking. I'm like. Gene, Gene, hey, hey, man, you there? He was like, "Mom, man, I'm just kidding with you." So I was like, "Dude, you can't do that ever again." Yeah, so, you YouTube, yeah. So I was getting ready to say, like, there's, like, I, I put that on hold after that, but uh, hopefully, eventually, after all this and everything, I might pick it back up. God. So along with that, with that, um, how has your health been since you had that scare and you had to like? Um, emergency land and everything or do you have any reservations with flying anymore 
No, you know, that's a good question, man. I appreciate it. No, it was a, um, it was just a, it was so weird. It was just an allergic reaction to, um, uh, something in the beef jerky. We, we, we got a test. I, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, it was something in the beef jerky that I had had on the plane, which was homemade, which now, you know, I've been eating Jack Link's my whole life and different type of beef jerky, you know, wild bills. I love it. And I guess it was, it was the beef jerky that I had was really good. But then 15 minutes later, I felt my, my throat swelling up and I'm not allergic to anything up until that point. So it just got to the point. I, I look back on it now, like, I, you know, it was a, it was like an hour and 45 minute flight. Well, as it was happening, I felt like, you know, I'm like, okay, just, just work through, you know, get through the flight and, and then we'll figure out when I land. But the problem is, is the panic is what kicked in for me is why it got to the point. I mean, think about it. If you feel like you can't breathe and you're looking out the window and you're 30,000 feet in the air and something happens, the, the panic button hit. And that's what, that's what caused me to really go, go from zero to a hundred in a matter of five minutes. And luckily I was on the Stuart Haas plane. So I had guys from, you know, I think it was Daniel Suarez's team. One of his engineers were just walking me through it because your, your body cause it kind of, my body kind of went into shock mm-hmm. and I've never had anything like that happen to me ever in my life. And so, yeah, it was a big scare. So uh, I finally got to the point where I just said, I, I can't, I, I'm not going to make it another 45 minutes. They're like, Hey, we're only 45 minutes away. I'm like, yeah. I can't do it. So we landed in St. Louis. Uh, I got, we got a rental car and drove to the track and my first lap on, on the racetrack was qualifying. I think we qualified like 16th or something. I just went out there and held it wide open and kind of, you know, luckily JJ Yaley practiced my car, but uh, yeah, that's a good question, man. I, I, I'm great now. I just know to stay away from that type of stuff. And I haven't had beef jerky ever since then. So I plan on probably not having it for a while, especially on a plane. So uh, do you want that out of my system. Do you also, do you have any reservations about going into the Xfinity race coming up um, just with the drivers and no practice, no nothing, just kind of run it and um, how the first half of the race is going to, you got to at least hit the setup somewhat, I think, going into the race or you're out of luck. And then it, oh, it's all about oh, driver's sure. count. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, I like it though. You know, I've had a couple of people ask me, like, if I know a lot of crewmen that I work with, they no, I, I don't really care. I don't really like practice. Like I, I go do it. I know it's got to be done and you got to prepare for the race. Obviously. But like, you know, and Al and Iverson, I mean, we talking about practice. Like I, I kind of have that mindset. Like, I'm like, dude, I just want to race. Like, let's, let's just, let's start them up and go. Cause I, I was used to that in motorcycle racing. I was used to that in legend car racing. And, um, so I'm kind of happy about it, you know, and, and I have trust in my, my team that we'll hit the setup right. I know in the next, you know, probably week or so, we're actually we race a week from today, so the next few days we're going to be working a lot, trying to get all of our notes together to go to the track. And I know I have a I have a book that I keep. I've had this book for about five years. I have every dialogue from every race that I've raced basically for the last five years, from what I felt from the car, every practice, every qualifying. A lot of people don't know that about me, but I carry this this small notebook and everywhere I go when I'm when I'm at the track. Like I have it in my book bag after practice. I'm dialoguing putting everything I learned into there. So now that I've done that, now it's going to pay off way more now because we can't practice, we can't qualify. So like you said, if you miss the setup, you're in for a long day. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. But Darlington's a really good track if it did happen because I feel like I can do a lot as a driver 
to make you know make sure I can actually drive the car off the throttle. So right. um, yeah, it's it's going to be different. But I mean, how entertaining though for you guys? I mean, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna watch a race and you're not even gonna know who's gonna win because normally after practice and qualifying, you kind of know who's gonna be in contention. So right. I'm excited about it. Well, it's gonna be entertaining. That's that's to say the least. So for sure. Well, I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for the. Thanks for taking the questions. Yeah. And I, I'm Thank always you, proud of you, man. And um, kind of kind of um, going off of what I think it was the lady from Ohio. I, look, yeah, yeah, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I sentiment what she says, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like, if this went away tomorrow, you would be the same guy. And it speaks volumes yeah. how you treat people and the family that you come from. So I'll wait. Well, I'll thank them. But um thank your parents too man you learn it from them and the peers around you so we appreciate Thanks, you <laughs> hey don't blow his head up anymore than already is. <laughs> no man I, I appreciate that i appreciate the kind words thanks for you know believing in me especially us being you know hometown boys you know back in virginia so uh look forward to seeing you at a race soon you, you got my number uh i'd love to have yeah. y'all once everything is is, is is over and uh we'll connect soon thanks again for Sounds joining good, bro. yeah all right man Thanks. Anthony, I'm going to hand the ball off to you. It looks like you've got a question. Anthony? Oh, sorry. I didn't hear what you said. Hi, Greg. What's up? What's up, Anthony? How's it going, man? Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Um, I hope you're doing well with this virus. I know everyone's, like you said, is quarantined. I hope you and your family are doing good. I just had a question. Um, So, obviously, everybody has those ups and downs throughout their careers. Uh, You kind of, like, take, like, the underdog rule which is a really yeah. cool thing when it comes to NASCAR. It's like, um, so who's been your biggest influencer? Like, who is like stuck with you the most and like gave you the most influence to get you to where you are today? Man, that's a great question. I appreciate you answering that. Yeah. I, um, you know, my, my career, it's been a roller coaster. I mean, to say the least, you know, I feel like one day I can write a book on the things I've been, you know, experienced in my career. Um, you know, it, it, I don't just say NASCAR it's, it's life in general. You know, you're, you're going to go through, through things in life that, you know, it's going to, it's going to build you up and it's going to make you a better person, even through the bad times. And, and I, I've leaned on so many different people. I, I have a list that is so long. I can't name every person, but I've had a lot of people believing in me, starting with my family, um, different partners, obviously over the years, I had Krispy Kreme back in the day. Um, and, and now I turned a new leaf last year with Panini being my, you know, my main partner that's really stuck by me and, and, and been there no matter what, even through a tough time like this, when you look at sponsorship right now, it's, it's so hard to keep. I mean, you see, you see businesses that you never see would shut down. They're shutting down because of the country and what we're going through. So it means a lot to have people like that. But I would say, you know, one of my biggest mentors is, is a guy I drove for last year. Bobby Dodder has been, is, has been someone, he, he's a, he's a family friend, but he's a guy that I leaned on even when I was eight and nine years old, uh, when my dad was in the NASCAR business with, with another driver, you know, he, he, he was always a straight shooter. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, NASCAR, you kind of, you're going to have snakes and alligators, but he's one of the very few people that I trust along, along with my team motor. Now that I just signed with Jay Robinson, Jay Robinson's been a straight shooter ever since I came into NASCAR. You know, I remember sitting in, in his office, you know, not having anything. The team I'm driving for right now, I sat in his office three years ago, basically crying for an opportunity because I didn't. I thought my career was going to be over. I just needed a. I needed a break. I needed someone to give me a break. And Jay actually 
paid another driver to sit out just so he can give me an opportunity to drive the car. And he actually paid me so I could pay my bills at home. And, and it just really, it really showed that, you know, there are people out there that you can trust. And, and those two guys, I would definitely say have had a lot of influence on my career. And, and like I said, there is such a long list, but to elaborate on, you know, my journey, it's just, it's been, you know, without those type of people, it, it's hard to be successful because, you know, this sport, it's, you're going to go through the highs and lows. And, and I, I mean, I remember, I mean, I've been, I've been close sometimes like thinking to myself, I'm like, I, I was never the type of person where I, I got bitter or, or wanted to give up. But, you know, sometimes you, you think in your head that you're like, man, something's got to give something has got to give. And my career, I just feel like last year was my year that something sparked that I was in the right place at the right time. I've been in, I've, I've been in opportunities to get big rides, right. At top teams that I've been knocked out because someone either had more sponsorship, more money, more, you name it. And, but at the end of the day, I wouldn't take back the experiences that I've learned. That's got me to this point for nothing because I've grown so much as a young man being 22, I started racing cup at 18. So I've learned so much through the years even through the bad that I think is the reason why I'm getting opportunities with premium opportunities like last year, being able to keep Panini as, as my primary sponsor. So um, I'm very fortunate to have great people in my corner and I look to continue to, to stay humble, work hard. And, and my favorite saying of all time is never say never because people that try to drag you down and, and tell you that you can't do something, I can promise you that type of stuff is what fuels me. And if, you know, if you looked at my Twitter, sometimes people still doubt me, dude, I look at that stuff and I love it. It's like, Hey, if you doubt me, I'm going to come back swinging harder. You know what I mean? It's like, that's just the bottom line. That's the type of person I, I don't quit. So, uh, very good question, but trust me, it's, uh, it's been a, it's been a hell of a journey. So I like, I ain't, I ain't stopping now. So we're, we're, we're off to a good start for this year. Well, personally, that you're someone I can look up to, like, uh, there's obviously other there's obviously others as well, but when it comes down to it, like you said, you never give up, you never say never. It's like you have that attitude to where um, you'll sit there and like maybe you don't get the top opportunity, but you're not going to quit. You're always just going to keep going. No, definitely. You're never going to stop. So that's something I could definitely personally look up to. So I appreciate that. Yeah, man. No, you know, you're, you hit the nail on the head. Even, I mean, even just be part of NASCAR, if you think about it, there's, there's 40 drivers in the world. This is what I tell people all the time. I'm one of 40 in the world getting race on Sunday. And when I was eight years old, that was my dream to race the Daytona 500. I accomplished that. I'm racing my heroes. Even if I'm, even if I'm in the worst car in the field, I'm going to go out and give my sponsors, my team and the people around me, I'm going to give them everything I have. I'm, I'm very competitive. So, you know, like if you, if me and you were just talking right now and you're like, Hey, you want to run a foot race? I'll race you to that flag across the street. I'm going to try to beat you. Like, I, I just, I want to excel in everything I do. And, and even racing for smaller teams, I always want to outperform my equipment, take that team and those cars to another level. So I appreciate you giving me the kind words and, and the questions. And uh, just thanks for, for tuning in. And, and thanks for letting, you know, telling me that I could, you know, I'm sort of a role model to you. That really means a lot to me, dude. Anytime. And I'm also supposed to go to the Pocono doubleheader, but whether or not right. there's there i can't really yeah. control that but if i do go yeah. i hope you're racing thank you brother i appreciate it man thanks again man well hopefully we'll see you at a race soon no problem hey Terrell, you're Terrell, you're up first off 
thank you both to Gray and Panini for doing this, uh, and, and thanks to Panini for giving Gray this opportunity because, uh, you know, as fans, we know uh, we see how hard it is for these talented young, you know, these talented guys sometimes to to break in without that support of sponsorship. So a huge shout out to Panini. Uh, you know, it's bringing my two two of my favorite worlds of sport card collecting and sports cars uh, together. So. Uh, I was kind of introduced to you in a K&N race up here at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, uh, Gray, and uh, it, the one that I saw you in was not your best day, but it wasn't too bad. I think you, I think you were in the back half of the top ten. Um, but I'm oh, wondering. Yeah, well, <laughs> hey, New Hampshire. Hey, sometimes it goes like that, especially at New Hampshire. I'm not very good at keeping the brakes on it. <laughs> It's, uh, I, I keep waiting. To, I, I'm fortunate to talk to some drivers up here. I keep waiting for someone to say something good about the track. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, actually, it's it's a pretty good track. I I don't mind it. It's it's tricky, but it's still a good track, though. Nice. Um, I'm wondering, you know, some of the bigger races up here uh, for us are are uh, Oxford Plains, uh, the, the Oxford 250, of course. And for me, I grew up in Vermont at Thunder Road watching the Milk Bowl. And uh, I'm curious if you had the opportunity to compete in either of those races, if, you know, if it fit in the schedule and everything. I know there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but would well, you hey, that's, a, that's another good question. I mean, I grew up racing. I know of the, the Oxford 250. That's a, uh, I, I know that's a huge race for you guys up there. Um, I've never ran that race. I know I haven't, I haven't seen a whole lot of video of it. But in the track, like a complete circle, and there's no wall, you can actually go over the edge, if I'm <laughs> correct. Yeah, there's a front stretch wall, yeah, and you can you can kind of you yeah. can do serious agricultural racing around the edges for sure. Yes, yes, yes. So no, the the track and everything looks really cool. Um, but uh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but that that was my background. I know super late model racing, especially in the Northeast. Yeah. You know, there's some of the best and most talented short track drivers that run the super late models at New Hampshire, the Modifieds, Oxford. You know, I, that, that, those are my those are my roots. When I signed with Kevin Harvick when I was 12, he threw me in a super late model. And the average path for a kid that's 12 years old, they're racing a legend car or maybe a, a go-kart or a, a Bandolero. I was in a super late model that had 700 horsepower by the time I was 12. So I can relate. Like, I, I honestly, sometimes, like, I, if I could go back to any of my racing memories, like, in the past, I would definitely go back to the old super late model days. I mean, the Saturday night show, seeing the local fans, you know, racing against, I'm sure you've heard of the name Ben Rowe. Ben Rowe okay. is, you know, I think he's won the Oxford 250 a few times. He was a, he was a guy that I remember racing hard with in the past series. I mean, what, I mean, he's an older guy, but super talented. Um, you know, just those type of guys is what makes us drivers that are racing at the highest stage get ready to race the best guys you know when you're racing those type of saturday night shows at whether it's hickory oxford south boston orange county places around here and places up north like that molds you to get ready for the next level and the next level is racing nascar the trucks the xfinity and then if you get to cup then you're at a whole nother level so um i mean i was 12 years old racing against those guys so i think eventually once I kind of figure out my schedule and I get my, you know, everything in, in line here in the next couple of years, I would be more than happy to race the Oxford 250 and get to, you know, see you fans. And because I know how big short track racing up is up there. So hopefully that's something I can, you know, check off the bucket list. That'd be awesome. And, and Ben Rowe will make you use all four corners of your race car. That's for sure. Oh, I know. Trust me. I know. <laughs> I ran side by side with Ben Rowe at, uh, I think it was Hickory in 2000. I think it was 2012. 
I think he door slammed me every single corner. But at the end of the day, that's short track racing, and that's what that's what makes it fun. So yeah, I look forward to it again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for the question, man. Val, I see your mic is on, not muted. Do you have a question? I do. Great. First, thanks, uh, Gray and Panini for putting this on. Yes, sir. Thanks for being on, man. We appreciate it. And uh, my question is, um, you know, it's, it's uh, to have a, a sponsor like Panini America, you know, and having your own, I don't know if you can see your own, uh, you know, trading cards. What's it like for not only uh, having them as a sponsor, but then also being immortalized on the trading cards? And do you collect cards at all? Oh, that's a, that's another good question because I can trust me. I I wish I had them with me, but I have I have binders. Uh, growing up since probably since the time I was eight years old, and uh, I mean I still collect cards really. Um, you know, obviously Panini being my sponsor, but I just I have a passion for. It. I think that's what makes our partnership so great. Is you know I'm I'm a I'm a big athlete. I love sports, and and you know Panini is is the, they have all the cards. Uh, for the for the NBA, the NFL, I mean, some of the biggest athletes in the world, they're getting to make trading cards for, and and obviously the the biggest NASCAR drivers in the world and biggest drivers. So that's what makes our partnership so cool because I can relate. I love talking to card collectors. I love talking to the people that are just as passionate about something as I am, and I think that's why, like I said, our partnership is is taken to another level, is because I I get it. You know what I mean? I was a kid. And I still collect to this day. I have binders full of NFL cars, Dan Marino, uh, Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt, Ernie Irvin. I mean, I can I can name all the names that that I just I mean, I would literally just sit there as a kid and just go back and forth. And, and that's how I gained a lot of my knowledge about racing is turning the card around and looking at little fun facts. Where are the drivers from where they came from, what they you know, you know, what series did they run before the Cup Series? Just things like that. So, you know, it's. Um, it's cool to be a card collector and actually have it as, you know, as my sponsor. And, and I think that's why, you know, ever since we started our relationship last year, which was really funny is it was only supposed to be a one race deal and it turned into being, you know, now we're going to be, yeah, we're family now. So um, it's just very fortunate. And, and, and I'm, I'm sure you're a card collector. You asking that question, but we did an awesome event in Las Vegas. I went out to Vegas we finished seventh in the Xfinity race, Xfinity race. Well, two days later, I ran. I got all the Panini employees, and I took them basically for a hell ride around um, Las Vegas. I was running. I was running about three inches from the wall. So I got to, you know, ride around these car collectors and the people that actually work for Panini, and it kind of gave them a different perspective. But also, it was cool for me to get to meet car collectors from really all around the world. They all came to Las Vegas for that event to meet me and Joey Logano and to hear their stories. I mean, there was, I can't remember the guy's name, but he said he's been collecting cards for like 50 something years and was showing me pictures of his, you know, most valuable cards and stuff. And it's like, it's just a very, it's a very interesting, you know, type of thing for me. And I'm just really happy that I can share that same passion with guys like yourself and a lot of people, you know, around the country. Brad, it looks like you had a question. Yeah. I agree. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, I love that T-shirt you got on. Thanks. So I got my – that's a car right here. Oh, hey, hey, yeah, I got a couple right here too, man. There you go. Yes, sir. (laughs) Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Hopefully they make another one, like the one that's behind you, the new number. That's possibly in the works. Yes, sir. Um, Growing up, uh, what was one of your, like, 
cards, sport cards that you were trying to chase as a kid? Um, I think I think the biggest one that I got. Um, I was like I said, I, I was a big Cowboys fan, so I have a uh, I have a Troy Aikman card. And as a kid, you know, I I just I loved Troy and and Dan Marino. I uh, even though that was way before my time, I feel like as a kid, I, I loved reading about history of racing, football, basketball. For some, like history and sports has always like been super intriguing to me. So as a kid. For like football, those guys like having their car was like the coolest thing ever. Well, then uh, for NASCAR, I would probably say the card I chased the most that I I still don't have is a Tim Richmond card when he drove the Folgers 25 or no the uh, the JD Stacy car when he first came in when he, I think it was he was driving the 15 car that car I still don't I I, I pretty much have all the drivers covered I think uh, even current drivers that I have in my collection. And obviously, you know, Panini sends me all the, you know, newest, latest, and greatest, the Don Rust. All I, I got a, a, a super big collection at my house right now. But, but from the back in the day cards, I uh, did a lot of collecting. But no, that that's what makes it fun, though. I mean, I'm obviously you wearing the Panini shirt. I know you're probably a card collector. That's the coolest part is being able to like, if you have something that you don't, you know, you don't have, but you're trying to chase. That was the funnest part for me as a kid is is trying to to you know being at school trading your buddies for different cards and, and stuff like that. So if I had to pick one, I would probably say, yeah, see, I see it right there. Yeah. So I, I would probably say the, uh, the Dan Marino and the Troy Aikman was probably my favorite, especially for the NFL. We've got um, time for a couple more questions. I want to just make sure that we get some other people in here. There's two that haven't had a question yet. Ginger, um, if you can unmute, uh, you can, you can ask a question. Doesn't seem like we can hear her. She's got her mic on. So who are we trying to connect here? Uh, Ginger, uh, here in the corner. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, see um, not sure what's going on with your uh, phone, Ginger. Or we can't hear you, uh, even though your your mic is on. So I'm gonna uh, hand the ball off to Tracy Hackler because he always has a good question. So T, you're on the spot. All right. Um, thank you, Jason, for that. And Gray, thank you. Um, I'm just now recovering from the laps in Vegas with you from last week. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember seeing you. Yeah, we had a good time, man. That was awesome. I had to change my underwear a few times during that during that day. <laughs> um, and also, thanks to everyone for joining. This has been awesome. Um, yes, sir. But the one, the one question I have is what role did you play in Patrick Mahomes winning the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP honors? Man, I tell you, I guess I guess we were a good luck charm. But I mean, honestly, the fact that you know how that it's I think it's just such a cool story. Like, you know, Bristol is one of my favorite tracks, and you know, Bristol is a very hard place to number one, you know, not wreck the car, but also get a really good finish. And and we were in contention to win. And we, I think the biggest part about that was we had so much attention going into that race. So the, the energy and the anticipation of like, man, I got to have a good, I need to have a good showing. Like, like the, the pressure was on. I mean, I got the MVP from last year, all my hood, you know, this is before he won the Super Bowl, obviously, but probably at the time they were the Super Bowl favorites. And then I got you guys, you know, like, Hey, we're going to, you know, Penny, Penny's like, Hey, we're going to put Patrick Mahomes on the car at Bristol. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, like it was awesome. But I'm like, man, the pressure's on. So the fact that we backed it up, finished sixth, or it was in contention to win the race, 
Um, and then Patrick Mahomes goes off in the Super Bowl, you know, goes on that playoff run, wins the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. I mean, honestly, though, straight up for, for myself and Panini as a combination, all of us together, what an awesome, tw- you know, 2019 season ending. You know, he was only on the car for one race, and the race he, he was on, we almost won Bristol, was in contention. He goes off and wins the Super Bowl. I mean, that's – I mean, you can't make that up, dude. I think that's awesome. That's awesome, man. Looking forward yeah. to another year with you. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks for everything you do for Panini, man. And, uh, yeah, I would look forward to seeing you soon, and we'll have you at a race once all this stuff's over with, brother. That sounds great, brother. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. Yes, sir. So, Ginger asked the question via the chat, and the, the chat was, um, did you ever run the Motor Mile Speedway at Pulaski County in Virginia? Oh, good question. Um, yes, Ginger, sorry we can't see you, but thanks anyway for uh, for tuning in. And, and actually, yes, Motor Mile is one of my favorite tracks. I grew up racing there uh, in the past series. Uh, the first time I went there, I think I finished – I think I finished fifth in my in the past year. There's like 35 cars that showed up, a lot of competition. And Virginia, obviously me being a Virginia boy, to have a good run. And I was only 12 years old uh, racing against guys that were, you know, double my age, three times my age, some of the best drivers in the world or in the country as far as short track racing goes. But um, that track is it's got, a, it's got a lot of, you know, different characteristics to it as far as, you know, it's got long straightaways, really tight corners. But it's got a nice smooth surface, and it's, it's pretty fast for the size track it is. And another fun fact, my team owner from last year, Bobby Dodder, that's where he won his bush race. So um, I know that because I have one of his, obviously, his, his trading cards. I have his, and it says Motor Mile on the back. And, and uh, yeah, just a, just a cool racetrack to go to and watch some good old short track racing. And uh, hopefully, eventually, later in my career, I could do it again. Cool. So before we go to Vicky, actually just jumped on, and Vicky, you missed us on talking about Las Vegas, but I know that he first been around the track in uh, Vegas too. So Vicky, if you've got a question for Gray, he's here. When are you coming back, Vicky? What's up? Oh man, yeah, Vicky, Vicky. I'll give you a little backstory. Vicky, uh, we always stay at the Planet Hollywood. Uh, she's a big fan of mine, and we we love her to death. Uh, she always makes uh, she always makes my family little bracelets, uh, so she's a big fan. And uh, yeah, we always stay at the Planet Hollywood. She takes care of. Her. She's been to a couple races in Vegas. So, Vicky, trust me, I want to. Vegas is one of my favorite cities. So whenever it opens back up, I'll be ready to come back for racing and possibly a little bit of gambling. <laughs> as soon as I get yeah the yeah 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 that's true. As soon as I get the phone call to go back to work, you're my you're my first call. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, Vicky, if you got any, hey, if you got any questions uh, regarding the racing or anything, you just shoot away. When when's your first one? I'm sorry, I just I just joined in. Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, my first race uh, with Panini in the 27 car for premium is going to be at Darlington, the second Darlington. It's a uh, it's a week from today, and then um, not this Sunday, but next Sunday we'll be racing uh, the Coca Cola 600. So we'll start off at Darlington. And that week we'll finish off the Coke 600, and uh, we'll have a couple more races scheduled, but we can't—we're not allowed to uh, announce anything because NASCAR hasn't made the further schedule after the Charlotte. So uh, we'll definitely be able to update all of you guys here in the next few weeks. Well, well luckily um, I don't have anywhere to go, so I'll be able to sit in front of my TV and and watch it. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Make sure you make sure not only you, Vicky, but everybody. Yeah. Next Wednesday, uh, it's going to be a night race, which is cool. So, uh, yeah, y'all tune in, and especially this Sunday. Even though I won't be in this Sunday's race, it'll. It's just good to, you know, have racing back on and um, just really excited to get back racing, you know. And then we're going to uh, finish it up with uh, Kyle. So, Kyle, go ahead. You, you fire away, and then we'll wrap it up here. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, also, also, Jason, I wanted to thank you and Panini for putting this on. This is awesome and really cool way to connect with uh, race fans and just people wanted to connect with them. So can't thank Panini enough for that. Um, just wanted to give you all a shout-out. Um, but also my buddy, um, my buddy Wes, he's a part of, uh, goat sports cards and they came out to the Vegas trip, uh, when y'all were with Panini and Joey. And he said, uh, that my buddy Wes said that you can't hang great. Uh, he wants you in Pong though. Cause he played with Joey. Oh said, uh, yeah, that's right, man. Well, Hey, we're going to have to make that happen, dude. Yeah, no, we had a, uh, me and Joey yeah, you. I know. I know. Yeah. We, uh, we had a good time. My dad, he was, uh, him and Joey, they were on the team. Um, I, I had someone else on my, I, you get Alex? yeah, I had Alex on my, honestly, I think I let Alex down a little bit, but Joey Logano definitely pulled my dad's weight. What? Yes, no. he did. Yeah, he did. I will get, I'm honestly, I wish I could, I wish Joey was here right now, but I'm telling you right now, that guy, he's like Forrest Gump when it comes to ping pong. I mean, he is no joke. Um, so, yeah, we'll de- I need a rematch later later this year or some sometime eventually because I didn't I didn't show my best uh, my best talent. So, hopefully we'll do that sometime soon. And what have you been what have you been doing to prepare for this next race and then majorly with the uh, 600 because I know that's a that's like a marathon. So, with this whole COVID thing and just prep preparing because you haven't been in the race car in the routine and everything and going forward. Yeah, no, that's a great question, dude. I mean, like, I mean, to be quite honest, like the last two months, last two months I've been really training hard. I've been doing a lot of running, a lot of strength training. Um, and, and, you know, and obviously watching a lot of film. I mean, film is, I'm like, a, I don't know when it comes to film, like I, I can't get away from like every night. I, I told her I was on another radio call earlier this morning. In the last three days, I've watched I watched the Southern 500 from last year seven times, from start to finish. So you know that's just me laying in bed with a literally I lay in bed with a notepad and I write a little small thing. Even though I've watched it seven times, it might be something that I missed on the sixth time or the fifth time that I can write down. You know when I'm watching the seventh time. So um, I um, I do a lot of that, but also. I've just been trying to stay busy. I've just been really working out a lot outside. All the gyms are closed where I live, and I've been playing a lot of basketball and a lot of a lot of running. And the, the funny the funny thing is is um, I've you know I I, I I like to bulk up right before the season. I do a lot of eating now healthy wise you know healthy wise obviously, but you know weight gainers the protein try to beef up. But during these summer months, I run so much like in the last. Last week and a half, I've lost seven pounds. So because I'm running, I'm running. My goal every every day, which I've done it for the last week and a half, is the reason why I've lost the weight. I'm running three and a half miles a day, no matter rain, you know, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like I get out, I put a sweatshirt on, sweats. I'm sweating my tail off, but it's it's all about the endurance. And yeah. and another, y'all might think I'm crazy, but I saw a thing last. It was at the beginning. No, the last part of last year 
I haven't even told my dad this. I don't really tell a lot of people because they might think I'm weird, but I'll tell you guys. <laughs> but I sit in the car an hour a day in my Range Rover, and I cut the heat wide open. I just sit there. I sit. I, sure now, I might just be playing on my phone, but I sit there and crank the heat wide open for an hour a day, sometimes 45 minutes to an hour a day wow. in, in my parking lot, and I just sit there and take the heat in. Just sit there and sit in the heat. Get, I'm trying to get my body immune to that type of heat, even though it's not even going to be close to the type of heat in the race car, but at least it's a start. You know what I'm saying? Because I've been out of the car for six months. So that's just, just the main thing, man. Focused. Yeah, just so, to stay yeah. focused. And, you know, just to, like I said, I might just be sitting there playing on my phone, goofing off, playing a game, but I'm getting my body and my head immune to those temperatures and what I'm going to be feeling because I'm going to be racing in less than a week, what, 900, yeah, 900 miles. So that's a lot. So, hey, real quick, um, here, I got this, too. Ever, since everyone's on right now. Well, show them the card, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll show uh, what I have in my hand. Everyone on the card, we're going to send all you guys. So, Kyle, we'll make sure you and everybody on uh, get the uh, Panini Hero card. We got Patrick Mahomes, a small little car. And, obviously, Checkers and uh, checkers and Rallies, we just signed them on this year to be another sponsor of ours. Uh, not to the Panini level, uh, but we're, uh, we're excited to have them on board. And we'll be giving everyone a free coupon. So let's show the car yeah, real quick. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll show you the car while we got. Yeah, I have all your emails on here. So what I'll do is I'll send you all an email, and if we can get your mailing address, we can get that hero card out to you in the diecast um, card. Really appreciate you guys uh, being a part of this uh, great way to kick off the the return of NASCAR and the return of sport. And looking um, having you guys rooting for us over the next couple of weeks, Jason. How's uh, how's Texas? How's things in Texas? Everything's great here. I mean, we're just plugging away, doing what we need to do. So, y'all have like a shutdown meeting, or like y'all everything shut down, or? <clears throat> uh, so we we finally got our print facility back up and running. They're operating at seventy percent. So, uh, but they're running twenty four hours a day right now. So they're playing catch up for us. Uh, everyone else in, at Panini is working remotely from home, and we're just absolutely crushing it. I mean. You know, the That's power tough. of technology, we've been on these meetings before, but never thought about, like, hey, why don't we do this with the athlete and get a bunch of fans on? Uh, so right. we're a lot of different ways of uh, doing things differently, which is great. Jason, can I ask yeah, you a question? Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, um, with NASCAR being the only sport, is there any pressure um, to grab some new fans and, and show them the exciting sport of NASCAR? Man, I think that... Uh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. Yeah, and I, I can follow up after you, man. Yeah, no, I, I was saying I don't know that there's pressure, but, I mean, you know, I, I mean, look, everyone's been watching documentaries for the last uh, couple of weekends here, so yes. you know, a live sport uh, on TV sounds like a sounds like a win to me. So Yeah, uh, yeah I can definitely – I definitely second that, Jason. I mean, uh, to answer the question, I think the best way is, like, you know – we've been so deprived for the last two months without sports. And I'm a, like I said, I'm a big sports guy. Like I just want to watch a basketball game a race. I mean, anything at this point. So I think it's a really big move uh, for NASCAR to be able to put this on in a very safe way, very cautious way. I don't know if people have read about it, but every time I get out of the car, all the crew members, we're all going to be wearing masks. We're not, we're not allowed to be around any other team, but our own team. So at least we're able to put the event on, at a high level, it's going to be a. I think it's going to be an amazing race because there's no practice, no qualifying. Um, I think NASCAR's done a great job of, of putting this on, 
And it's going to be on prime time, and we're one of the first sports back along with the UFC that is going to be live, and it's actual race. It's not a virtual race. It's a real race at Darlington uh, Motor Speedway. So I, I think it's going to be a knockout of the park. I think we're going to see more fans that maybe have never given NASCAR a try say, you know what, hey, it's live. Why not watch? Let's watch a race. Let's watch guys run 200 miles per hour running two inches from the wall. I mean, if you love sports, how do you not love that? You know what I mean? So I think we're going to get a lot of new eyeballs, and I think that's going to be huge for not only myself, but our sponsors along with Panini, Checkers, all our people that we're kicking off our first race at Darlington. Even though it's the second one, it's still another live event on primetime television. So I think it's going to be a knockout of the park. Hey, Greg, just before – just before we wrap up, I wanted to show you this. I actually pulled an autograph of yours from a Panini product not too long ago from a nice. blaster box. Oh, oh, dude, that's tight. Where did you uh, Where did you get the box at? Did you get it at? Uh, I got it at my local Target, and oh, the Target. shot the shot appears to be you at Bristol what, yeah, from when you were in the Patrick Mahomes car. Yeah, <laughs> dude, that's awesome, man. So it was all already signed and everything. Yeah. Nice. Well, like a gem I, in my collection. Dude, that's awesome. Well, hey, once again, we appreciate you collecting Panini cards. And, and uh, if I can ever sign any more Panini stuff for you in the future at a race, I'd be more than happy to, man. So thanks again for, for tuning in and uh, really enjoyed, you know, connecting with all you That'd guys. That'd be awesome. Yes, sir. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it, man. Awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Um, Thank you guys so much for doing it. Oh, no problem. Thanks, everyone. This yeah, thank awesome. you guys. Hey, real quick before we go, thank you all very much for taking the time out of your day to, to join myself and, and Jason at Panini. Uh, like he said, you know, it's pretty cool to reach out to everybody, even though we can't actually talk in person because of the whole quarantine and all that stuff, trying to stay safe. But uh, we hope to see all you fans at a race soon. But thanks for supporting me along with Panini. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you guys next Wednesday at Darlington on TV. So hey, thank you, Greg, so much, man. You too, man. Love All talking right, with you. All right, everybody, take care on here. All right. Yep. Thanks. You too. Bye. So that was the Q and A with Greg Alding. Uh, again, thanks to Jason, Panini America, and Tracy Hackler. It was great to be invited to that. I hope you. Uh, I hope all the listeners enjoyed that. Uh, again, it was a super great privilege. Thank you so much for um, that. I was invited and that I could share that with all of my listeners. So I uh, hope you got a, an insight to that. Don't forget to catch me May 30th on the Hobby Hotline, the Trading Cards only live call-in show. Me and a couple other hosts, other podcasters will be on answering questions Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Uh, You can find us on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook. That's all for now. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy the Coke 600, and we'll be back next week with the winners and their cards. Thanks for listening, everybody.